1: Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Matthias Riolfi, who is the CEO and co-founder at Tint. Tint are an embedded insurance insurtech business based in California. And it's great to have Mateus join us on the line this morning. Welcome to the show, Mateus.
0: Hi, Nick. Uh, thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Really looking forward to hearing about Tint and everything that's going on there. Before we do, though, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your personal background, your own personal career and experience, and what led you to starting the business?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm uh, originally from Brazil. Uh, born and raised. I moved to the United States about 11 years ago because I wanted to launch global businesses uh, from here. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I ended up going uh, doing my MBA at Harvard Business School, and I saw that. Uh, my gateway to come to the US and to Silicon Valley, more precisely, and that's exactly what I did after graduation. I joined a startup called Turo. At the time, it was yeah. called Relay Rides, and when I joined them. They were about you know, 15 employees, and it was very early days. And I stayed with the company for four years, and it scaled all the way to 400 people before, before I left. So I saw really the very, very interesting wow. times of you know, how to run uh, a startup. And that's when uh, I got to insurance, which now as as many of of people in the industry was by accident, I uh, didn't know, but 80% of my time on Turo was spent with insurance. So I was heading the international expansion, so I launched the business in Canada, in the UK. So I lived in London for three years and I was looking at Europe and Australia. And uh, the hardest part was finding a good insurance partner locally could understand our business who could like you know, support it. So you no know, uh, Turo for people who uh, who don't know it, it's a peer to peer car sharing. So basically, it's a, it's a car sharing or car rental between strangers. So as you can imagine, it challenges a lot of the insurance, common sense, and enough getting carriers to understand it to be able to properly write that business was very hard. And in a way, it was one of the exemptions to start tint because we realized that the same problem that Turo was having to try to, you know, create innovative insurance products uh, that support their core business was happening everywhere. We look at mm-hmm. you know, Airbnb, Uber, Flexport, Apple, Tesla, like, whatever you look, you see companies of all you know, different shapes and forms, trying to um, make insurance as a feature of their core product, and uh, a way to you know, uh, increase the value of what they offer increased conversion, increase margin, and things like that. And we also realized through our, through our journey, MicroFounder Founder and I, that it was very hard. So that's a little bit of why we decided to create 10 to solve this uh, for, for all the other companies out there.
1: Yeah, fantastic. It, it seems like a very natural journey. Albeit by the startup side, seems to be very much by design, obviously, you know, making that big decision to to go over and study in the States and, and to get involved in startups, classically falling into insurance. You know, it's great to then see as well that you've really lived that problem, that lack of opportunity in that particular part of the insurance ecosystem. And obviously you're looking to deliver and you are delivering a solution now to, to different insurance stakeholders. So that's fantastic mateus i know you've said it's uh, your fourth meeting already of the morning only 9 a.m there pacific time what's your horse your go-to coffee of choice that gets you going for the day
0: it is uh nespresso altissimo the virtue one i drink two a day one religiously yeah. around six thirty in the morning when i get my day started and the other after lunch
1: very nice i mean because i work at u.s time i've actually I'm still on it here, actually. It's a um, it's an espresso arpeggio, I think, the purple one. So uh, yeah, <laughs> keeping us buzzing here over here in the UK. Mateus. yeah, if we can now turn to Tint, the business that you're building there, could you give our listeners a snapshot, an overview of where the business is at the moment in terms of geographic regions you're operating in, funding, employee numbers?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as uh, I quickly mentioned in my intro, but on what Tink does, like we help uh, tech platforms create their own embedded uh, protection insurance products. So yeah. our vision is that, you know, a lot of the insurance products could be features uh, of a of a larger product and service and not like a standalone product. And we mm-hmm. provide all the infrastructure that companies need uh, to, you know, Create and launch and scale successfully. Uh, so we provide all the software, so the core systems, policy admins, claims management, uh, so they can, uh, in, in insurance lingo, like quote and bind uh, those yeah. those products. But we also provide you know, compliance and back office um, help. And finally, we provide uh, or we, we match our customers with uh, capacity providers, so if they they can retain as much risk as they want. But if they mm-hmm. want to transfer this risk to an you know, insurer, reinsurer, like that can be done through through our platform as well. So again, for for the tech platforms who work with us, sh- the solution is end to end to them. We were founded now about no, four and a half years ago. We are now at about fifty employees, and we raised thirty million dollars in venture capital. Now most of it in the last eighteen months. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely in a, a very kind of fast growth stage and seeing yeah. that this concept of embedded protection, embedded insurance is really taking off um, and very excited about that.
1: And and so then in terms of the solutions that you're providing to those tech platforms, you, you mentioned um, some of them there, but you're providing the technology, you're providing all of those systems, but also... Partnering with those carriers as well, matching carriers who want to presumably be in that market, who who are looking at that as an alternative distribution for them as a business.
0: Yeah, that's right. So if you think about you now, and in, in a in a simple way, we we match the risks that come from those tech platforms. So if you think about you now, making it a bit more concrete. Concrete, we have one of our, our customers is called Neighbor. It's a let's call it an Airbnb for storage. So you, know, you have an empty space in your, in your driveway, in your house, you can rent that space out to somebody else who wants to store something there. Then And then they offer a, a damage protection that if you know, anything were to go wrong with this items at storage, it's covered by, by their their protection. Enable has you know, many, many, many customers so if you think about all those companies, they are effectively risk pools already right there because they have now many end users buying coverage on, on the other side. So one of the things we do is that we match those risks that are coming through those platforms with the with the, with the the insurers or insurers with the capital providers on the other side. And one advantage of Tint over, let's say, a traditional insurance use cases is that we see a very deep amount of data. So the, the, the data, the exposure data, the like everything that comes through this embedded mm-hmm. insurance use cases is like a hundred times more comprehensive than you would expect in a kind of traditional insurance use case where you know, sometimes the same price for the same users, depending on what you're talking about. And then by working with Tint, the, the, the carriers or the capital providers, they have almost like real-time access to the same exposure data. So they can also kind of keep seeing what's how those losses are developing. They don't have to wait for one year, right? And then see what happened. So the what we are building is a much like you know, it's a data driven approach that is much now faster and efficient than what traditional insurance will be.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and in terms of Creating the product, so you talk about one of those customers there who the Airbnb of, of storage coming up with a product for that. Is that something that you design internally there, or is that something that the that the carrier puts together for that risk pool?
0: It's typically a combination of both. So we have a teaming house that can help design and 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 often does help design this this program with the customer. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the neighbor use case. They are, they they already, they understand their customers, right? So they're seeing the issues that may be happening. They have a lot of data to back up uh their insights. So that is definitely a very important input that we use. And then we kind of work in sometimes in collaboration with the partners to, to, to mm. design that. But it's not like, yeah, it's typically a four mm. to six hands uh job to just create um this, this, this template or this, this program that can be launched by by your customers because you know, you. one of the things we learned in our journey again going back to my experience at Turo is that yeah. sometimes the data or m- many times like the most of the data that is useful for underwriting sits on the platform side mm-hmm. right so they like you know in Turo example consumer uh, companies insurance companies have been doing auto insurance for you no know, decades now so definitely on the personal auto they have a lot of data but PHP car sharing is different. It's this mm-hmm. in the same coverages, most of the same legal requirements, but the way you price, the way you think about the losses in a daily basis with known stranger driving somebody else's cars, it's very different. So we learned that most carriers, like the trove of data they accumulate in personal lines, didn't not really help them uh, price PHP car sharing. So Turo mm-hmm. eventually had an advantage of pricing that risk themselves. So that data from Turo, it's the most important, say, raw material when Turo collaborates with um, with carriers or reinsurers to, to transfer the risk from their program.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So what, what would you say are the main benefits for the tech platforms themselves and then obviously the the carriers that you also partner with? What's the benefits for them?
0: So for, uh, for the tech platforms, uh, by working with Tint. They have flexibility. So they mm-hmm. are able to, you know, like this, is how, like with, with collaboration with us and underwriters to design a program that really fits their needs, their use base, that mm-hmm. protects things that, that matter to them. One example, again, when my Turo days, when we're trying to launch in the UK, one of the common pushbacks we had uh, from carriers was like, I don't want international drivers driving cars because it's the different side of the road americans are probably going to be more prone for accidents here but no Turo's use base was 97 percent uh, american and the reason why we we're launching the uk was to you know jump start the process with americans traveling as they kind of we, we built a, a local kind of uk market so obviously like that was a good example of carriers not really understanding the the business and not being flexible enough and now, I, I, eventually we, we, we were able to go over the hump, but you know, it took us much longer than we would like. So one is this flexibility. And the second is the the tech platforms, they should grow faster if they deploy embedded insurance, like a good embedded insurance solution, right? Because mm-hmm. they get more conversion, they build trust, so they, con- they, they should see conversion of their car business increasing yeah. and they can monetize that. So typically it's an additional profit center that if this program is done correctly, generates for the carrier they get access to risks that they wouldn't otherwise and they have as i mentioned more you know, transparency and more data so it's say they can do a better underwriting job uh, as well yeah
1: yeah fantastic in terms of the tech platforms what is the demand for embedded insurance is that at the moment is that something right at the top of their priority presumably after after their number one their key product is insurance quite close behind it? They are they looking at that very early on as an avenue for revenue and for keeping closer to their customers.
0: Yeah, we are having conversations with a lot of them, so the answer is yes. Um, mm. And it's not only insurance, right? If you think about now more broadly, what's happening is that you now platforms in general, and especially in this kind of a uh, bit of recession or adverse economic scenario, they're really looking for ways to increase the value of what they offer and to increase their margins, right? Like, you know, the era of like only focus on growth at any cost, it's its a bit over, right? Or at least temporarily <laughs> over with the now it's going to come back. But for the time being, all those platforms, they're really trying to find a way to increase margins so they can show healthier unit economics. And yeah. fintech, not only insurance, but payments, lending can really help them Offer more services and capture more of the value that goes, that's created by, by what they do. So, what we're seeing is like yeah, embedded fintech and embedded insurance is typically a board level conversation today from, from many companies. And in some sectors like Naturo, for example, going back to car sharing, car sharing is illegal without insurance. So, obviously, that has always been top of mind, always going to be. But we're seeing other segments like shipping, where historically insurance was not first and foremost, especially on the shipper side, but now it's becoming table stakes, like in every single mm. shipping platform there who wants to succeed, will have to address insurance because the most successful ones like you know, Flexport po- have already done it. So that becomes the new normal. So mm. we're seeing a lot of action, for example, in the shipping space mm. because of that.
1: Yeah, and it must be very beneficial for you that that cycle the maturity of em- embedded insurance is becoming more and more mature so it's less of a case of educating those platforms about you know how you can help them with that but rather than the demand is there already and that that's something that they're already looking at
0: yeah we definitely have both we have cases when companies come to us and say I'm looking I'm already at the stage of choosing a partner and which is which is great but we mm. do have cases of like yeah we're earlier in the process. But you know, what is exciting, like we've seen the demand coming from dozens of different verticals. So it's mm-hmm. not only you kind know, of shipping or car sharing or home sharing or like more obvious use okay. cases. Like we have ideas that, like, you know, I have a sheep farm and I want to ensure that somehow that's part of what the service I provide for my uh for my customers. And what we believe, and you know, what our you know, investors there back in this space believe is that over time, if you pass forward 10 years, like embedded insurance again, uh, will be a very sizable part of the insurance market. Nobody knows what percentage, and but I think there's consensus that should be high, 10, 20, 30, 30 percent. And that world looks very different than the ones look today, right? So the way that this risk is gonna be packaged, transferred, priced is gonna be radically different from, from how it is today. And that's what gets us excited because. And this, this new world requires a new infrastructure, a new way of thinking uh, about things. While wow, you know, keeping the same core principles of insurance, of you no know, solvency, transparency, customer protections, mm-hmm. and all those things, they are paramount to to the the, the like a well functioning insurance industry. Yeah. So we're very excited, and we believe like we are going through the biggest transformation in insurance since was created.
1: Absolutely. I think embedded insurance becoming so much more sophisticated than it was before. I think typically before you'd have very general products, there wouldn't be very much a detailed underwriting or, or gra- the underwriting certainly become more and more granular now. And the policies, the products that are now available for those policyholders are significantly better. And I think providing a lot more value for those customers, where perhaps five, 10 years ago, they were perceived as quite generic products with a lot of exclusions in them. So, so I think that's really helped. I think the higher the quality of the underwriting, the higher quality of the products is good for everybody in the industry, really. So that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. There's one like a quick addition I will make is that there are use cases that couldn't be insured before. And now mm-hmm. can right? Mm-hmm. So because, this, again, the platforms, they are providing not only the distribution, but the the, the data for the underwriting that wasn't available before. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is like, you know, if you think about the world is still, while insurance is very big, the world is still underprotected, yeah. right? Like there are many mm-hmm. use cases, there are many purchasing decisions or, uh, or, or, uh, or decisions that customers are making that come with a significant financial risk. And they don't even think about it and there's no mm-hmm. solution to to like you know to protect them so again thinking about tour use case right for or neighbor let would say the the, the storage mm-hmm. like the reason why that works is because again neighbor has a lot of data on who is renting who is uh, of the, who is, is taking the the properties what's in there like and things like that and that's a you no know, before neighbor that kind of use case didn't exist so mm-hmm. you know, i think we were as excited about now i think we Embedded insurance will um, increase share in some existing use cases, but I think uh, what gets us even more excited is about all the new use cases that couldn't be fulfilled before and embedded allows.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely brings us nicely onto the espresso round now, where the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So we've both got our espressos here today. Different different times of the day for us, but you ready for the espresso round now? Yes, let's do it. The espresso round, Mateus. How many people are you looking to grow the business by in the next twelve months?
0: Fifty to one hundred.
1: And what are the cultural values that you are building there that you're looking to build there as a as a company?
0: Integrity, ambition, outcome driven, and constructive.
1: Nice. How do you go about ensuring that those values are? And maintain and help whilst you are growing so quickly, you know, whilst you are you know, doubling the size, tripling the size of the business, um, how do you ensure that those cultural values are still aligned?
0: Yeah, that's that probably quite a bit of a longer answer than on the espresso one, but I'd say that like <laughs> we are a remote first team. So uh, what we do is try to be more formal and uh, and and make those you know, values, processes, workflows, more like you know structured and codified and try to know repeat and kind of like hire for them i'd say Mm -hmm. it's it's what all the companies do and i'm recognizing that like it it gets harder especially when you grow fast Mm -hmm. but now so far it has been working and we have it as one of the top of minds to make sure that continues to work
1: yeah absolutely what are the interview tips or what do you look for when Candidates are coming in front of you when you're interviewing people. What those tips be for those potential candidates who are interested in joining Tinder?
0: I think we try to look again uh, for things like, in terms of ambition, like, now are they excited about what we're doing, which can be really transformational on the insurance industry? And then have they because we we hire a, a quite a bit of folks from the insurance industry. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's very important to have the depth and understanding of how things work, so you can change, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we're definitely trying to, you know, check people's experiences, do some um, case studies and tests in a way that we can try to see if the way they're thinking, they're excited about really changing and pushing things, you know, orders mm-hmm. of magnitude forward versus just trying to do a small increment. I yeah. mean, they're and I have no, no problem with that, but there are you know, plenty of insure techs out there. They're trying to optimize a small piece of the industry. And mm. that's, it's already incredibly valuable, but it's not what we are trying to do um, mm. here. So we try to do some case studies, some kind of real-life scenarios and try to...
1: Yeah, that's good. And and actually, on that point of those other insure techs out there, uh, what advice would you have for another insured techers, you know, who tech who are looking to... To grow quickly and hire the best possible talent at the same time. What what's your advice to them? What are some of those things that worked really well for you?
0: Yeah. So my advice would be and you know, be ambitious, right? Because in a way, if you're ambitious, you can get an exciting vision, mission, and that that helps uh, attract people, right? If if yeah. your ambition is not too high, then I think you know it's 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 much harder to tell the story of why you your company would be will really make an impact on, on the difference. I think as, as founders and as a start early stage startup uh, mm-hmm. hires, we're all looking for impact, right? And yeah. I think I would say this is should be the main the main metric you should look for. Because impact will bring personal growth, will bring career growth and all those things that mm-hmm. frankly are a lot more valuable for the hires than the financial outcomes. Financial outcome in startups is too uncertain. It can be mm-hmm. great, but like in mm-hmm. many times it's not. But the personal growth is something that employees will always retain and can really accelerate their careers.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's usually the number one motivating factor for, for any potential candidate looking to, to join a new business it is that opportunity and that ability to be able to develop their their careers and their own personal journey. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but what value can someone with an insurance career bring to Tint? To
0: I believe it's the understanding and and helping educating folks that are not from insurance on how things work, right? Because there is there is a very good reason why things work a certain way, and I believe that you know, it's very hard to innovate if you don't understand how things work. And of course, you won't follow them necessarily. You're gonna try to say, okay, what what is really regulatory requirements that we will absolutely follow but why are those in place like you know what what are the things that we can change and like you know going a little bit to um you now asking the why yeah. right doesn't send them and having some people who already understand how things work today helps accelerate like them if, if right. you done well helps accelerate the process of finding better ways of kind of achieving the same goals yeah. so we we seen like we have a mix or we have some folks who didn't have insurance background, so it's like really from scratch trying to understand what's, what's premium and, and what's, you know, what the losses and loss ratios and, and things like that. But we definitely match that with like a you know, very deep insurance expertise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of businesses and certainly some tech founders go down the route of bringing people in with no experience so that they don't have you know some of those perceived uh, ways of thinking maybe some of those archaic ways of thinking from the insurance industry but i think you make such a great point there that you can't really you can't innovate unless you understand what the issues are unless you understand what's actually happening what what's actually possible and what's happening and why it's very hard to then to then make change if you don't understand it. so i think that's really interesting final question of the espresso round which other insurtechs are you seeing around at the moment that you admire and why
0: it's a good question. I mean, I I personally admire the other insurance techs in the in the embedded insurance space. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think there are companies like you No know, route, like you no know, embed that are trying to you know, take you now go a, very deep in a certain in a certain vertical of, of insurance. Mm-hmm. I think they are already helping pushing the agenda of yeah. like you know, hey, making easier for companies to just get started, get their now, um, do a trial of how insurance uh, works. I like the the yeah. companies that focus, like you know, they're deploying kind of AI and some, like you know, in a very local way to create advantages, like you no know, shift for claims fraud and things. So I think there are definitely some very interesting applications, like like tooling and yeah. some of what they all realize that they're not replacing. People they are just really augmenting them, right? They're giving tools so the adjusters can do a much better job, you know, complementing what the AI, or whatever, what is the scores and things like that. So I think I really like that that approach as well.
1: Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, Mateus. Finally, final question today. The time is flowing by very quickly. But what advice would you have for someone looking to launch? Their own insure tech business for any listeners out there now. Maybe they're working in the insurance industry and can see a, a problem and they feel like they've got a solution uh, which will really help the insurance market. What would your advice be to them and what would be the best way of someone uh, reaching out to you after the show?
0: Yeah, so my advice would be uh, definitely try to find a problem that you know that you have some connections with in, in your past you know, career or past uh, stages yeah. of your career. And, and really and you're passionate about because entrepreneurship is hard it's mm-hmm. your journey is going to be incredibly hard doesn't matter uh, and it's the same for every company even the ones that are very successful so mm-hmm. something that you're passionate about that you're not going to give up and you're going to keep going things are hard i would say that the, the second um was like yeah just be careful about fundraising so try to do things more nimble way because in this environment it's a lot harder to just raise money as it was you know six months ago and the past really 10 years Mm -hmm. so think about differently think about how can you already finance with your customers money like find something that they can already pay and can get your side like that will go a very long way the ways you find me are the easiest way is probably through linkedin um just add me uh or twitter uh so linkedin i'm the only Riolfi in the world so mm-hmm. it will be very easy to find me and linkedin is at mriolfi and I'll, i'm very active in both platforms
1: yeah nice to hear that you're very unique the only Riolfi in the world so that uh that will certainly help but we will post a link to your profile on the show notes so people can just click straight through and and, and start engaging but Mateus, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you in the Insurance Coffeehouse. Really interesting to hear what you're doing there at 10. And I think what you're providing there to both carriers and those tech platforms is a is a really great solution. And I think it's is fantastic for our industry.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words. And thank you for having me in the show. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. And I hope it was useful uh, to the community.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. Certainly was. Thank you. To all the InsurTech leaders, to all the insurance leaders listening today, wherever you are around the world, we thank you for joining us. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights and learnings from what Matthias has had to share with us today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage, that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Hodley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global Insure Tech Series. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hodley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe
1: now.